Welcome to season five of Into the Harvest. This is uh, our fifth season, and no. I can't believe that we're we're actually on season five, Abigail. But my name is Andrew Stroud. I'm joined today by Abigail Wilson, and we're part of the team here at Into the Harvest. Our mission for this podcast and for the website, all the materials, everything that we're trying to do is to encourage you to be a disciple of Jesus and make disciples for Jesus in the everyday places of life. And today we're going to be talking about the state of the church in America in 2022. And I think this, this topic of being disciples and making, making disciples has never been more relevant, Abigail. So I'm excited to get into it with you. Me too. I've missed everyone. I'm excited to get into a whole new season of awesome talk, topics with all of you. So I can't wait. Let's do this. Well, before we dive in, actually, we've got a listener question that we're going to start with first, Abigail, but quick update on the holidays. Um, any, any news that you want to let our listeners know about as we start 2022? I um, No, I just want to share that we survived, and I hope that you did as well as you're listening. Everyone we know currently has COVID. We do yeah. not, but pretty much everyone else has it. So if that is you as well, we send you our love and some soup. Um, we hope it gets to you. <laughs> it is, it's pretty crazy here right now. So I haven't seen humans in a while, not because I'm sick, but because everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Same, same out here in California where it's been, um, quite a few friends that we know personally who, who currently have COVID. Um, I, thankfully I think all of them are, are pushing through it. Um, it's not too severe. But then the other way that it really shows up here locally, Abigail, is that a lot of um, a lot of the stores are closing early. Um, they don't have workers. They don't have enough workers, and so yeah. that's also one of my yeah. sons is uh, working, and his his he works for the zoo, and they're closing early just because they don't have enough workers to uh, to keep things running. Everyone's quarantining, I guess. Um, I did not know that your so. son worked for the zoo and we'll have to talk about that offline. That's <laughs> he does. Yes, he does. So, uh, cool. well, I'm glad you're healthy. And like you said, Damn. for all of our friends out there, we do know that a lot of you probably are dealing with uh, yeah. COVID right now. So we do Stay hope strong, that uh, you're hanging in there. Yeah. So. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> Well, to kick things off, Abigail, we have a listener question from listener question from Nick Natolo, and uh, it's a great question, one that's timeless, always relevant. But he asks, "What are the best ways to stay encouraged and to stay focused on disciple making?" And then he kind of has a second question there, which is, "What are some safeguards to keep you from getting sidetracked?" So, I throw it to you and. Why don't you take a stab at that? Well, oh, what, what, are, what are the best <laughs> ways that you found personally to stay encouraged and to stay focused? Mm. Um, you know, I do think that he's kind of given us three different questions here. Um, but I actually think that my answer will encompass all of them, which is for me with um, staying focused, especially on discipleship, and not getting sidetracked really is tied into fellowship. 
um, with the body of Christ. Um, I think that, at least, but this is very personal, by the way. And so I, I right. can't wait to hear what you have to say um, because it, it probably isn't this, it's probably just me, but there probably is a good universal answer. So, and you'll probably have that one. But for me, I truly think that when it comes to being outward focused and, um, and focused on discipleship, the most helpful thing for me is seeing other people doing it um, and being in an environment where that is encouraged and asked about and prayed about and um, constantly just in, in focus. And whenever mm -hmm. I'm out of those environments, that's when I tend to become very self-serving in my mm -hmm. following of Jesus. It's all like my quiet times are kind of more about me, my family, what we're doing, and just mm -hmm. kind of like starts having this very inward feeling about it. Um, and so there's just nothing like solid, good fellowship. Um, and even if that's not in your city, in your town, um, you know, you probably know someone that's probably how you even started in the first place that can, you can get a good conversation with, um, to just kind of reamp that encouragement. Um, but what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's important that that fellowship that you have is with other people who share your vision for disciple making, because if, if you're fellowshipping with people that themselves are also very inward focused in their faith, then I don't know that you necessarily get the same encouragement and focus to, to stay tracking on disciple making. At least that's been my experience. Yeah, yeah I think when I think of words like encouraged and focused, in, in my own mind, that that kind of presents an internal reality that that's that comes and goes. So sometimes I'm encouraged, sometimes I'm not, sometimes I'm mm -hmm. focused, sometimes I'm not. And those are internal things, mm -hmm. but they really are anchored in the external world. At least they are for me. So what you said was that a community, that's an external thing that we need to stay anchored to, which will help me internally stay encouraged and to stay focused and I, I think another one of those is, is to, to stay in the scriptures. So if, if I'm consistently getting into the word of God, and this is why daily habits are so important to, to cultivate and protect and to shore up, because it's not like you, you begin a daily habit of spending time in the scriptures and prayer, and then it's on autopilot for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. It's really something that you have to protect and, and reignite and, and, and work at as you as you go through the years. So I think um, staying in the scriptures, but even with that, I think it's both, there's both an internal and an external aspect to it. So something I'm actually doing this year, Abigail, that um, I think I mentioned to you, but I might not have, but I'm, I'm going to be writing more. Um, and I'm actually starting this year, January with uh, 30 days of published posts. So it's going to be a series called Disciple Notes, and these are atomic essays, so all of them are less than 250 words. Um, cool. But my, my motivation for doing that is, is, is really mostly selfish, because what I found is that if I just read the Bible, um, I don't get nearly as much encouragement and focus as if I read it, meditate on it, and then share it, either in a conversation or... Mm -hmm through writing. That's something that really helps me mm -hmm. stay focused and stay encouraged. And even though it's more work to do it that way, um, I've just learned that about myself over the years that if I don't have both an intake and uh, an outflow of, 
of scriptures, then it's very easy for me to lose that focus on disciple making. So mm. I would say, um, find those, find those things that are going to not only help you, um, stay connected to the word of God, but stay connected to the mission of God. And I think what you mentioned, community is a big one of those. And I think taking in God's word and sharing it is another thing that will just protect you and keep you encouraged and focused. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. I mean, for one thing, Andrew, you are a, a verbal processor, yes. which fits perfectly into you writing because I've always said, I'm not really a writer. I'm just a talker that knows how to write things down quickly. <laughs> but I think that, um, that there is something to, so maybe you listening are not a verbal processor like Andrew and I, <laughs> so you're not on this podcast because you're like, whoa, that's too much. <laughs> but what, whatever it is, there is some action that helps you. Like we all need to be living out our faith. And so I think maybe that's it. It's not, um, it's not necessarily what, you, what, you know, I suggested community, extrovert over right. here you suggested writing you know you're but i think maybe the bottom line is is action i mean this is not mm. a you know be readers of the word but doers like let's go right. and um not just read our bibles like you're saying but actually do something and i think that mm. applies um for all of us no matter what kind of a processor you are man somebody mm. out there that's an introvert and like a internal processor <laughs> give us a little shout out let us know what you do so i'll ask brett <laughs> well it's definitely a challenge i think this is a great question because if you're if you're looking to to spend your life following jesus and making disciples there's going to be a there's going to be seasons where you are less focused and less encouraged mm-hmm. um and the the challenge is to sort of stick with it you know uh mm-hmm. to, to stick with it through those those low seasons uh, or those times where you're just not fully um, encouraged, fully focused. Um, and and so I think this is a great question. I agree. We got two extroverts here <laughs> talking about it, but hey, that's, this that's is the best you, that we can offer. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. But I do think that, I mean, we still got down to the, to the principle of the matter, not just the form. So I think we got there. Let us know what you guys think. Yeah. And if, if just as an account, a selfish accountability thing, if you guys want to keep track of the, the short post that I'm going to be doing called disciple notes, plug it. Um, Let's yep, hear it's it. over on Substack at J Andrew Stroud. And I'll try to remember to get this put into the show notes, but if not, uh, drop me a note and I'll definitely get you the link to subscribe to those. Maybe we'll try to link it over on our website at into the as well. Yeah, that'd be great. So Abigail, today for our main topic, we're going to be talking about the state of the church in America in 2022. As we come into this new year, where do we see the church? And we were talking just a little bit about this before we hit record. We're going to be talking about both church little c in our our local areas, but also church with a capital C, just the bigger picture of where the church is at in America. And you mentioned that we do touch on this on a regular basis, which I think is is appropriate for uh, the themes and the topics that we're addressing um, into the harvest. So, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about that today, and I think it's all the more relevant because my own view is that we've 
we're going through a major societal, cultural transformation. I think we've been going through it for the past 10 plus years with the explosion of information technology, social media, what's com commonly referred to as Web 2.0, um, which has already radically changed the way we interact with others as a culture and as a society, um, smartphones, all of that um, has really changed the way we interact as human beings. And, if, and because the church is, it's a very, it's 100% it's a people business, then that's had a huge impact on the church. But then of course, in the last two years with COVID and all of the, the impact that that's had on society, but of course, also on the church, I think this is a, it's a timely conversation for us to have in terms of coming into 2022, what is the state of the church? Not that we're going to have the answers, but we're just going to share from our vantage point. This is kind of what we're seeing. And as we always say, we'd love to hear from you guys who are listening. What do you see? What do you agree with? What are, what are some of the, the realities that you're seeing from your vantage point? So let's just start there, Abigail. What are mm -hmm. some trends that you've seen, let's say over the past couple of years, especially since we've been dealing with uh, the pandemic, what are some trends that you see both locally, but, but then also beyond the local area, if, if you want to get into that? Hmm. Yeah, I, um, I think this is more like the big, the big picture. And I don't necessarily see this on the local level, other than we're all having to deal with the big picture. And so it does affect us, but, um, I totally agree. I think we are in the middle of something or maybe even at the beginning, I think it might be just being like hopeful feelings that it's the middle. <laughs> I know we, <laughs> no we all one keep said hoping. It's the middle. <laughs> it may just be the very beginnings of, um, I would say a real pruning season for yes. us all. And that is um, painful for literally everyone. So whether you are being pruned because you're not being fruitful at all and like literally cut off, that is hard for the body of Christ to experience because it feels like a real loss to lose some branches. Um, mm. And I think COVID definitely did that. I know that the, the church today is seeing much, much smaller numbers in their congregations mm. um, and in a lot of ways, those were just um, dead branches. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's like a very brutal thing to say, right. but it just was really fast forwarded a process of, right. um, of people leaving. And then also for those of us that are, that are in the body of Christ, um, I think we've all experienced some form of pruning in the last two years. I know I have, I don't think I've ever uh, understood the, my own sinfulness, my own lack, my own just weakness more than I have in the last two or three years. So that's a real delight, <laughs> but I feel like that's not just me. I feel like so many of us, um, are really being faced with in a season of pruning. Um, and I hope, I hope and pray that that is, um, we'll get to see, uh, the fruit of that pruning, but that's what it feels like right now. <laughs> I, I, I wholly agree. I do think that there's some, some major pruning going on capital C in the church, which is like you said, it's just really accelerating what, what's already been happening. We um, we've written on this on the blog over at the website before about the trends um, and they're, they're very, you know, mark, marked. If you look at the, um, 
um, research that's done by the the folks over at Pew Research, you know, from from 2000, you can see that that church affiliation, church attendance was pretty static, mm-hmm. all the way up through like the 80s and 90s, and then with the turn of uh, the millennium, with um, the, from 2000 on, you begin to see this sharp decline in people who associate with church, who consider themselves Christian. Um, and so that's, that's a trend that was already happening, but I, we've talked about this, Abigail, I don't think I've, I've made good on writing the article, but I, I have this theory that, that 2020 was the year that Christendom officially died. And I think it was on life support for probably 50 years here in America. But if you, if you think of that visual of, of the, the body that's, that's on life support, I think mm-hmm. 2020 is when it flatlined. That is just, it's over. And, and Christendom is what I'm talking about, not Christianity. Yeah. Um, no, I but Christendom. <laughs> but it's Christendom, a real cheerful title though. And I hope <laughs> that we make it. That well, it's what it is. I think it's it's unnerving. It's unsettling for those of us who can who, who are transitioning from a time where Christendom was at least still given uh, a, a nod of respect, uh, because that's really what Christendom is. I think Christendom is it's a, it's a societal and cultural setting where the church has um, some sort of favorable regard. Yeah, a sway so, for society. Yeah, it's not necessarily that people in society consider themselves Christian, mm-hmm. but they have a, a certain respect for Christianity, uh, mm-hmm. Christian themes. Uh, and I think that that was already in pretty uh, steep decline. But yeah, I think 2020 is when it was just, it's over. So um, I think one of the trends is pruning, but I think another one is the Lord guiding his people into a new posture that that we've been operating in a posture that made sense when we were in a, an era of Christendom, where the church had the this favored place in society, and that's no longer what what we experience. And so, I think maybe 2020 is um, a turning point. And I think some of the trends that I see is, I do believe that the Lord is actually guiding us to to make some shifts as as His people mm-hmm. in America and. Um, I don't know where those shifts are going to go exactly, um, but I'm excited because that's that's sort of right in our wheelhouse. Uh, I do think that I do think that the shifts that are needed are the exact shifts that we're passionate about with into the harvest, which is ordinary people in mm-hmm. everyday places um, living out their faith in in a relevant way. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's true. It's not. It means that it's not going to be comfortable for us because it's unfamiliar. And again, we're no longer in this place of favor, but I think there are some tremendous opportunities that are nested in there as well. So, yeah, I, you know, um, Brett and I have talked about this in the past where, uh, we'll, we'll hear someone talk with longing about the good old days Mm. and, uh, and I don't think that they've been around in our lifetime. (laughs) And I don't want to speak to anyone else's lifetime because I was not there, but I, I just have, we, we really, I kind of tend to agree 
um, at least with our, we've, we got to 2020 and we also just dug up all of our dirt as well. We were like, mm-hmm. even back when we thought we were awesome, like, look at all the dirt we decided to rip on out, you know? And right. I, I don't think that's bad necessarily because there's something to just realizing our great need. And I, I think that's mm. the trend I wish I could see, Andrew. So I, I will not say that this is something I do see, but this is what I wish I see. This wasn't one on the, on the list of questions, but I'm going to mm-hmm. go, I'm going to tell you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I saw just a absolute trend of repentance in the church today. Mm. Like that is what I know I need in my own heart. That's what I want to see in our local church. It's what I want to see in big C because I think that's our only way out of this. Um, is to really know just our great need for the Holy Spirit to move. Because I I think we've tried and we are trying. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about. All the ways, like, what can we do? Like, let's, let's vision board this. Like, let's get a whiteboard and, you know, make, make something happen. But ultimately we need a real movement of the Holy Spirit. And Hmm. I, I think we need, um, like, because we haven't had one. Um, really maybe the Jesus movement was the last big like movement that I can think of. Maybe there was one more recently than that, but right. um, I, I wish I could see that. Which is so, (laughs) which is so interesting because this word movement is, is one that, that is, is talked about so much now, I would say in the last five years, especially within the evangelical church in America, there, there's a lot of excitement and, and enthusiasm for, the idea of movement. Mm. I just haven't seen a whole lot of it, um, you know, mm. in, in the evangelical world. So maybe that's maybe part of that, Abigail, is the the repentance, the the reliance on the Holy Spirit. Um, but I, I do think in some ways, I, I think it's going to, I think overall, I'm a visual thinker. Yeah. So I think overall that it's going to get darker. Um, yeah. But, but it's kind of like that verse in Ephesians where um, the darkness actually creates this backdrop for the true lights to shine even more um, obviously. So I, I kind of see that as being where we're going, which means that there's, there's room for um, not, not discouragement, but there's room for, for sorrow, but also mm-hmm. hope. hope. Um, Uh, Yeah. I think that's kind of a trend that I see. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Um, we named our second child. Her middle name is Lorian, which is from Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Lothlorien. Lothlorien. It says that when the world got darker, Lorian got brighter. Hmm. And then our last child, Justice, his middle name is Tyrion after the last King of Narnia. Some good nerd names. Take a minute. So good. You got Lord of the Rings and Narnia I know. covered. I so you I guys, know. yes, nailing it. Anyway, <laughs> his name, um, the last king of Narnia. It was said that he stood strong when things were the darkest, and I think that both of those names were given to us for our children, like from the Lord. I mean, I guess they're very nerdy, and yes, we are too. But I really do think that that's for all of us. I mean, this is mm. this is going to be. Ooh, sorry. Um, a time of shaking, just like my camera just did. And, uh, <laughs> and I think that's, um, should encourage our spirits to want to, to stand strong when things get dark. So we yeah. should be encouraged in that, even though it's going to be hard. 
Well, we wanted to talk about challenges and, and we've been touching on some of those already. Um, but what are some of the challenges that, that we see as we're coming into 2022 for discipleship and disciple making, um, for being the church in the harvest, in the everyday places, and, and how are, are we trying to meet them? Uh, I'll go ahead and throw out some, some ideas to start us, and then maybe you could share, share yours, Abigail. I think uh, one of the challenges is simply <laughs> that it's just harder to interact with people. Um, like we were saying earlier, it's just, it's hard to go into, it's, it's hard to go public. Um, it's certainly on a large scale. It's, it's, it's difficult when, I mean, I'm in California, everyone's, everyone's wearing masks here. Not everyone, but a lot of people are wearing masks, <laughs> everyone, but the rebels, we actually do have a mask mandate for indoor, uh, spaces at this point. So doesn't mean that everyone's wearing them, but everyone's supposed to be wearing them. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, I really believe that there's just a psychological dynamic that happens when you can't see most of someone's face um, that goes beyond just the difficulty of, of communicating verbally. It just distances us from others. Uh, and this isn't specific to the church, but because, because part of our mission is to reach out and to connect with new people, you know, that's a challenge. And I, I think what I'm seeing is... We're just going to have to go smaller. We're going to have to go more personal. Um, and, and we're going to have to be okay with that, to, to pray and to be faithful in the little things, the individual relationships that we have, our, our own small social circle, and truly being influences, whether it's in the workplace or our neighborhood or our social clubs. Um, it's going to be harder, it seems to me, to do corporate things that are larger where we team up and, and we do these large scale outreaches. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't do outreach. I just think it's going to be a lot smaller individual ones and twos. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, like that's actually, I think we're going to get a chance to actually live what we say we believe, which is uh, <laughs> everyday believers making a difference in everyday places. So yeah. um, I think it's it's a challenge because we're going to have to operate differently. We, we've already been having to operate differently than we have in, in years past. Um, but again, I don't think it's the situation that is, it can't be done. It's just going to look different and probably smaller. Mm-hmm. And um, we need to be okay with that. Yeah, I agree. That's really good. And people really are just seeming to not know how to communicate in person. Like I, I think people have forgotten how to do it. Um, <laughs> they definitely did in schools. I mean, when they went back to school, it's like they truly, uh, teachers have talked about it, that mm. um, the kids just didn't know how to have conversations. So yeah. I think there's a reality to that, that we need to realize and realize for ourselves too, that if you've been in the ministry zone for a long time, and this has just shaken you up in a big way as it has for us too, then we have to give ourselves some grace as well, but also not mm. give ourselves so much that we have just stopped because it's yeah. not the same anymore. I don't think, <laughs> you know? I don't think we can shut it down. And, and no, uh, no. you know, that's something that, that many of us struggled with, especially I mm-hmm. think in 2022, when things were first happening, it was, it was just sort of the, the easy answer was just to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, um, we can't do that. We have to adjust yeah. and, and move forward. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. So, all right. What, are, what is our question? Well, we're talking about challenges. So before okay. we transition, are there any other challenges that come to mind, especially I think in your local area, mm -hmm. things that um, you're trying to address specifically when it comes to disciple making and living as yeah. the church? I mean, I think that right now we are facing the challenge of time management being so difficult. Um, because 2020, everything slowed way, way down. And then everyone mm. got excited and went back out in the world and right. started up everything again. And then we um, still have a, a COVID thing happening, which makes life harder. Right. And um, it seems like there is just constant, either someone's um, quarantined or someone is finally back. And so they have too many things to do. Um, hmm. So there is a real push on our time um, for either not, you know, not putting our, um, our relationship with Jesus, what he is asking us to do first. There's just so many other things mm -hmm. that seem like they're the most important right now. Um, and I, I'm right there yeah. with everybody, but it's, it's definitely seems harder than maybe it ever has before, but I know it's mm. not, I think it's just, yeah. um, it seems because we took a, such a, a slowdown in 2020 and then really ramped it back up in this last year. And it, now it's, it's almost like we don't know how to handle our schedules anymore. So mm. that is, is definitely something that we're struggling with here. It seems, um, I'm just you know, mm. attending church because we have the sniffles. So should we not attend because it might be COVID or, you right. know, so these are the things that are just hard. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. Well, we would love to hear from those of you listening. What are some of the challenges that you see in your corner of the harvest when it comes to making disciples in our current, our current world and <laughs> the, the state of things? Abby, as we, as we leave this topic today, quick input from you. Are you optimistic or pessimistic about the state of the church in 2022? I'm always optimistic about everything for the most part, but I'm pretty pessimistic as an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> That's as this close as you're going to get folks. Yeah. This is the closest <laughs> I'm getting to being a pessimist. So that's real rough. Like re we're like in a red we're like orangey red. So that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. I would also say that I'm optimistic, um, overall. Um, but, but I, I, would, so <laughs> I would just say that there's real challenges that yeah. we're, we're all facing. And, and honestly, I think for us, we see the challenges that we're facing personally and in our local communities, which are actually far more geared towards being flexible and, and connecting with people on a deep relational level. Um, so if we're facing those challenges, I do have, uh, sympathy for our friends who are part of more mainline traditional churches, uh, pastors. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenging time for the church and we all need to be praying. I think that should be the ultimate source of our optimism is that Jesus himself said that he would build his church. He is the good shepherd. He's the one that leads his flock. Mm -hmm. So, ultimately this is not a cop-out but ultimately this is jesus's problem to solve and yeah. you know our responsibility is to as it always is is, is to listen to pay attention and, and then move in the direction that he that he wants us to move and trust him that he's he's going to bring all of us through this 
this crazy season that we find ourselves in as we enter 2022. Yes. Yes and amen. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, like I said, we would love to hear from you. What do you think about the state of the church in 2022? Comment on the YouTube video here or send us an email. Connect with us over on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get your thoughts as well. Abby, we're going to wrap up today's show a little bit differently. Typically, we've been doing a faith and culture segment for the third part of each show. But this week, we thought that we would share with our listeners what book we're either currently reading. What do we say that we're current, currently reading? Yeah, or that we, we would recommend. Yeah, it, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So what are you reading right now uh, that you mm -hmm. think might be interesting to our listeners? Yeah. Well, do you want, you want me to go first? Yes. Okay. All right. So I am like, um, let's see, uh, this far along. So not super long far into this book, but it's called the African memory of Mark reassessing early church tradition. So it is basically the history of the, um, of Mark who wrote the gospel of Mark. Um, and acts and i um picked this up from my parents library while i was in there uh, visiting them um this past weekend and it is super cool really fascinating um the whole first part is um this is very high church tradition so it's having to really come up against a lot of western um ideas of how to research and um authenticate things and it's very different from, say, the African way, which is through oral tradition and um, more of a, a loose, like, mythology type uh, way of, of passing on what has happened in history. Um, and so the, the whole first part has been very much about just this, this different way of, of um, holding on to and passing on of history, which is really fascinating. But I'm very excited about getting into just learning more about Mark, um, because he really was uh, one of the first um, missionaries, and he did obviously write a huge chunk of scripture, um, so I am really excited and into it. Um, it's kind of a, a, a little heftier of a book. I mean, there's some crazy looking charts and tables in here, and lots and lots of cross-references, but it still is very fast reading. So it's not mm -hmm. so heavy that you're like, I can't do this. I'm not getting my PhD. So <laughs> it's called so, The African yeah. Memory of Mark, uh, re Reassessing Early Church Tradition by Thomas C. Oden. Boop. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I love those kinds of books. In fact, I almost cheated and brought a second book, but... Um, which would well, be sort of in that time, same. We can do a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am currently reading. I just started this. It's called uh, "The Subversion of Christianity." Um, I don't know how you say this guy's name. I'm not French. How Jacques? do you say that? Jacques. I'm I sure don't know it's not. How to say that last. I'm name. sure it's not Elul, which is the it American like pronunciation. It, but there, yeah, there's definitely <laughs> some French way to say that. Yes, the subversion of Christianity. This guy is apparently mm -hmm. a pretty uh, prolific author. Uh, he lived back um, in the middle part, uh, or he was writing uh, extensively in the middle part of the 20th century. Um, 
but this is one of his better known books, The Subversion of Christianity. And I was intrigued by the title. Um, he also has another book on propaganda that I really want to read, and mm. that'll be the next one. Um, but I wanted to start with this one. And it's a little bit different than I anticipated because what he's really doing is he's he's spotlighting the contradictions between what the Bible teaches and what the church practices. So the subversion mm. of Christianity is happening from the inside. Uh, it's not something that the enemies of the church ha- are doing to the church. At least that's, hey guys, I just finished chapter one. So that's what I understand. <laughs> that's where it's going so far. Okay. So far. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't say it's an easy read, but it's it's 10 chapters long. So I, I, I don't think it's uh, something that's going to take too long. And um, we'll see. So far, so good. I, I do like it so far. Cool. But, um, but yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. Fun. Time for one more. Oh, yes. Go ahead. I'll, I'll okay. pull one up and you go ahead since you already have yours ready. <laughs> okay. Well, it, your book reminded me of it because I am a huge fan of early church history. And if, if our listeners have studied that period of time, it's, it's kind of hard to find good sources for what happened between the end of the New Testament and Con- Constantine, Emperor mm-hmm. Constantine. So you got this 200, 250 year period where the church obviously exploded across the, the known world, um, but we don't have great records of what actually happened. How did it happen? And one of my favorite authors for that period of time is a guy named Rodney Stark. And he wrote a book called The Rise of Christianity, which I would highly recommend if, if you're listening right now and you have not read The Rise of Christianity by Rodney Stark, you ought to put that on your list for for 2022. I think it's a great book. Fascinating. He's, he's a professional sociologist and an amateur historian. And so he writes from that perspective. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. I think it's uh, pretty insightful to, there's a lot of lessons for us, I think, even in the 21st century for, um, for what he presents as the church, the, the growth of the church in the first two, 300 years. Okay, Abigail. Okay. I like it. I just wrote it down because I haven't read it. So I did what you told me to. You like it. (laughs) All right. So, um, so my other one is the God who is there by Francis, Francis Schaeffer, um, who's a pretty famous theologian, at least in, in my, uh, my family circles. (laughs) Um, and it's been on my book list, um, for a while and it keeps getting pushed. So I told myself that I had to read it in 2022. Um, but the reason I even got it was kind of when we, Oh, what was that book that you made me read? Um, how not to be secular. (laughs) That's the one. So when I was reading that, um, this book came across my path, um, when I was having my most angsty moments about how not to be secular, um, And so I felt like this was going to be like my answer to you, Andrew. So here I am like being really honest with our listeners. I think that this book um, might be a little bit uh, more like, look at it. It's already thinner than that one was. Um, And that one was actually really thin. It was just hard to read. Oh, okay. Well, I can't remember now because I blocked it out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, 
but it's kind of a similar topic of how yeah. if if as Christian if Christians are we feeling less and less um you know like we're talking about that Christendom has fallen then mm-hmm. we need to be taking a harder look at ourselves it's not Christianity itself it's um right. it's our changes yeah. that have <laughs> that have made obviously so I'm excited mm-hmm. about that one too I'll get back to you um just barely dipped my toe in it so I can't tell you but maybe this is like a we'll come back to you in a few months and let you know what we thought. (laughs) Yeah. One more time. What's that title? Oh, the God who is there by Francis Schaeffer. So we will link these books for you guys. Yeah. So that you can, um, if you want to read them too, or you can wait until we've finished them and can give you our full review. (laughs) And Andrew, if people haven't read um, the books that you and I read in 2021, um, that is a, still a article up on our blog that they can mm-hmm. check out. Um, we shared two titles each of books that we read from this past year that we 100% finished and can give our full wholehearted support to. So if you need something that we have already read that is a surefire success on our end, um, that's what you should check out. And that's over on our blog right now. Um, so read that as well. Yeah, lots of lots of great options for you guys coming into this year. Well, Abigail, it's uh, it's been great to kick off season five. Yeah, it was such fun. We're back here, and um, <laughs> friends, if if you're still with us, or if this is the first time you've listened to the show, we would ask that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, that you leave us a five star rating and a short review over on Apple Podcasts. That definitely helps us. It's been a little while since we had one of those, so. Um, make, make our week by, uh, giving us a five-star rating and review over on Apple podcasts. And we will be back in two weeks. Abigail is actually going to be doing a special interview for our Mm -hmm. next podcast episode. So be sure to check that out. Yes, it'll be tons of fun. (laughs) All right, Abby. All right. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye.